Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. So if you had another shot at going back and doing it all again, what would you be doing if you didn't go to school for theater? Ah. For Ali Barter's Mercurial Mercurial Theater School. Theater, yeah. Mm -hmm. Theater. Theater education. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. That's a great question. Mm -hmm. My answer to that has been for a long time chemistry teacher. But I, um, I couldn't do that knowing what I know now about education teaching and <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean hello mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um to me you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah chemistry teacher mm. i loved chemistry in school me too but i'm going to challenge myself to have a different answer now great um generally speaking i do feel like um there's still time and there's still possibility to do a lot of different things. Oh, absolutely. And so I'm not, I don't feel like any doors are totally shut. Yeah. But I will talk about something that I'm like, okay, I do feel like the door is shut on a few things like, um, professional ballerina, not professional ballerina, but I was very interested in being a, um, professional and however what and whatever that means gymnast (laughs) oh but i did not even really take gymnastics class Mm -hmm. as a kid i took karate because i thought gymnastics would be too gay too gay Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. if we're gonna be real yeah listen i Um, get it i think we all avoided things that we thought were gonna be too gay right there's a lot we didn't do because mm-hmm. it would be too gay, mm-hmm. right? Had to protect our younger selves. And so now, as an adult, I have taken some gymnastics classes, mm-hmm. and um, I love them anytime mm-hmm. I do. And so, yeah, it's a. I love how Jonathan Van Ness is going on that journey very sort of publicly, like mm-hmm. where he's doing a lot more gymnastics now. And I'm like, good for you, man. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very like, I really appreciate him and everything that he does. Yeah. Particularly, I remember when Queer Eye started 
And um, now we're just getting into it. Clearly, I don't even have an answer. I yet. remember <laughs> when Queer Eye started and everybody was just like, oh, I love that show, but I don't know if I can really handle him. And I'm like, it was interesting because I feel like people's homophobia meters really just showed up. Like mm. people even I know very well. And I'm like, maybe you don't, maybe it's not him that's the problem. Maybe it's you and what, um, what sort is being of triggered. Well, or the homophobia that you are carrying around that you don't realize. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm like, he's just being his joyful self. Mm -hmm. I was like, because I remember the thing that people kept saying is like, I just feel like he's pushing it and it's like way too much. And I'm like, is it that he's too much or is it that you are not enough (laughs) are not enough? (laughs) And that's how I know you're gay. Well, no, that's how you know that I'm a rising Scorpio because it's just darkness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The cloud is appeared. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, you put shame upon others. Mm -hmm. Let me pull the shame out and put it over you. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. You're ready to do that over all time. (laughs) Don't cast your dispersions on me. (laughs) But no, I remember that because he was, uh, I remember so many people like it was sort of like they were saying, I love this show and I love what it's doing, but this person is too much and I don't know if I can handle them. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, and that's a you problem and not a him problem. Mm -hmm. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. And like I, a lot of people didn't see that quite right away. Mm. And I think it really pointed that out for a lot of people. Mm. And I feel slightly similarly in my own life because I do feel like sometimes people have reacted like that to me in a way that is like, oh, he just seems like a lot to handle. And I'm like, oh, mm, that's a you problem, not Mm -hmm. a me problem. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, we went into a lot of different places there. We did. Let's go back to the core question. Mm Mm-hmm. Had you not gone to art school with Mm -hmm. the other six people in this world who went to school for printmaking? We met a seventh, though, recently. We did meet a seventh. Uh What pathway do you think you would have walked down for yourself? I think I would have to be doing something with my hands. Like, that is something that is, quite honestly, like, that's a a must. Like, I have to use my hands daily um, in some sort of venture that is creative, even if it's not artistically creative. So I feel like I have a few answers there. I feel like it would be really interesting to become massage therapist acupuncturist because there's like healing involved in that i love that idea of being able to help people i also feel like doing some sort of woodworking like a craftsman um like carpentry i feel like would be very interesting for me too because it's all hand-based it's not necessarily art school studies and i also think that being a cook like a chef I mean, and these are all things that I could... These doors are not closed for me. No. At all. So yeah, I feel like it would have to be something that would be actively engaging my hands. Do you think you could work in the environment of like a commercial kitchen? No, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'd be like, you know... I'm just thinking of like the one time I accidentally yelled at you and the trauma created (laughs) for you. Yeah. Yeah, I would not survive Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay, that's for sure. Oh, no. Mm-mm. That energy. I no. don't think that energy is you. No, but no, no. I think you could host a cooking show. Right. I think I could be like, um, you know, um, let's do dinner with Anthony. <laughs> right. With Sandra Lee. Mm-hmm. Right. With Sandra Lee. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. could be you. Mm-hmm. 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 Welcome to Mike's Kitchen. Mm-hmm.
looking for adventure I want to follow on the trail Or get a little lost and let the wind fill my sails Get up when the stars still fill the sky Don't wake the sun, there's so much to be done And the day has just begun Go where the postcards are real You can feel, you can open your eyes And open your heart when you gaze At the National Park At the National Park At the National Park Follow you, I'll follow you We would like to acknowledge that while visiting and hiking the land, also known as Badlands National Park, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Cheyenne, the Ocheti, Sakawan, and the Minikoju people. Okay, so in our last episode, we had just finished up the Castle Trail. Remember that? Uh-huh, I do. That was a relatively flat trail. Mm-hmm. And at the end exposed. of the... Exposed. <laughs> very exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the last episode, we were sitting at the car. It was hot. Mm-hmm. Um, we were getting our boots off. And then and we were eating some sandwiches mm-hmm. because because we're kind to ourselves. The middle of the day, yeah. At this point, we were definitely we had already done like basically everything there was to do. We had done quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, there's still things to do, but we had done the major trails, which are all basically in one clumpy area. And um, this is still the same day. Yep, and our only day. Yes, at Badlands. National Park. This is true. Earlier that morning, we had done... The Cliff Shelf Nature Loop, the Notch Door and Window Trails. And then we moved on to do the Castle Trail, and then part of that intersects with the Medicine Loop Trail, which we did a little bit of, which brought us to the Saddle Pass Trail. And then Mm -hmm. we had made our way all the way back to the car, to the parking area that was by the Notch Door and Window Trails. Our plan was now that it was later in the day, and we'd sort of made this plan knowing that it was going to be hot and knowing that we wanted to get to these places early as other people would be doing the same thing our plan for the rest of the day was to sort of explore the park road which it was long and there were stops but to also go to the visitor center and check out the exhibits and to get our patches which you we know do all the time we do all the time and I acquiesced the visitor center more and more on this five-week road trip. Not that I dislike it. I'm just excited to be out in the park. But today it was very hot and I was excited to explore the visitor center. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we did. We really did explore the visitor center. Specifically, it was the Ben Rifle Visitor Center, which is located right near the interior entrance. Now, we say interior entrance, but note that interior is referencing the little town in South Dakota. I hear it's a quiet village. Every day like the one before. I think so. How many times have you said that? I don't know. Let me count the ways. (laughs) 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 And so it is a little town in South Dakota near this entrance. So it's not an interior entrance. It is the entrance near interior South Dakota. Mm -hmm. But it is referred to as the interior entrance. 
entrance. Yes. There is also one other visitor center at Badlands National Park, and it is located in the southern part of the park, and it is called the White River Visitor Center. The White River Visitor Center is located in the southern portion of Badlands National Park, which is inside the boundaries of the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. This reservation is the land of the Oglala Lakota people. Therefore, the southern part of Badlands National Park is co-managed by both the National Park Service and the Oglala Lakota Nation. As Ocasio-Cortez always says, we're already living in the world that we want to live in, meaning the structures of how things need to be in the world that we want to live in already exist on smaller levels. For example, here in Badlands National Park, this is a perfect example of the indigenous community and the National Park Service working together to co-manage an area that contains a national park. Mm -hmm. It's always possible. Mm -hmm. So getting to the visitor center, we had to backtrack our way back towards the entrance, which is not a very far drive from where we were at the notch window and door and Castle Trail parking lot, essentially. It's a very big building. So we have to pull in and it's very crowded because I think this is the other big thing to kind of do here in the park. We ended up having to pull around the back here. I remember at this point, there were a lot of people getting on cars with us, kind of heading in. We had kind of exhausted our water already at this point in the day. So we brought our bags in because we figured there would be a fill station somewhere to do what we needed to do. We knew that there was some kind of interpretive situation here inside of the visitor center. So we did want to experience that. So that is what we did first. Mm -hmm. The exhibit that is inside of the Ben Rifle Visitor Center is like incredibly comprehensive. Yes. I was shocked at the amount of science that was all over the walls here. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was presented in a way that was very like engaging. And oh, yeah. Very much like kids were all over the place in this visitor center. Yes. Like interacting and engaging with like the stuff on the walls about Ammonites and about Pierre Shale mm-hmm. and about like all of the different and the wildlife there too. Yeah. And the wildlife there too. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the things that this exhibit inside of this visitor center covers. Well, we definitely got our first little taste of what the Western Interior Seaway was um, and is, well, was, and how the formation of Badlands National Park and the reasoning for so much of the landscape and the fossil records that are there has to do with the Western Interior Seaway. Correct. Mm -hmm. You can hear all about the Western Interior Seaway in our Science of Badlands episode. It's true. There are A number of layers to the formations in the Badlands that you can see as sedimentary rock layers. The major ones that are talked about the most often are Pierre Shale, which is spelled like Pierre, Pierre. but it's pronounced Pierre Shale. Mm -hmm. There's also the Shadron formation, and then there's also the Rule formation. There are different striations in the rock formations, but the Pierre Shale is closer toward the bottom. The Shadron comes up next, and then the Rule formation is on top of the Shadron. And then the Sharps at the top. And then the Sharps. And then the yellow mounds Mounds are are in there. In there, yep. A little bit too. But Mm -hmm. the museum goes into detail about these 
different areas yes. and the animals and fossils that appear in the different areas. The reason why this happens is because these formations represent tens of millions of years in different moments of the earth. Mm-hmm. So like the Pierce Shale is around 75 million years ago. The Shadron formation is around like 45 to 49 million years ago. And then it gets younger as they go up toward the top. Mm-hmm. We also learned that there are no dinosaur fossils in Badland National Park. And it's a relatively simple answer as to why this is the case, which we learned a little bit more about in this exhibit and then a little later when we visited the fossil lab too. And essentially it is because dinosaurs were land animals Mm -hmm. and um, all of this was essentially underwater and the dinosaurs would not have been able to cross the western interiors. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't have been able to cross the western interior sea. So therefore, uh, their bodies are not found there because they're just, they didn't come to that area because it was all underwater. That's right. But we spent quite a bit of time here. Mm -hmm. We interacted with all of the stuff. Oh, yeah. I think it was also like very engaging. And it was also a nice break for us to just be able to like be inside and to also learn a little bit more about the park after having done so much of it, which isn't always the case. Sometimes we're in the visitor center first, but this allowed us this opportunity to kind of like experience the landscape and then really be stimulated visually by the exhibits to want us to learn a little bit more about what was going on with the park and its history. Another thing they do in this exhibit is go into the history of fossil hunting in Badlands National Park, which kind of started around 1840. There was some fossils found here. It created a sort of like fossil rush. People came to this area searching for fossils and wanting fossils. Um, It sort of blew up as an area full of fossils. Mm -hmm. And it's still an area full of fossils. Yeah. And speaking of fossils, another great area of the visitor center is the fossil lab, which we almost skipped over, but I'm really glad we did not do that because it ended up being one of the best things we'd ever seen in a visitor center. The fossil lab opened in 2012, shortly after the discovery of a cat-like fossil with a saber-like tooth. After a successful opening, they decided to open the lab every summer from June to September. And due to the amount of fossils in Badlands National Park, they started a visitor site report program to encourage citizens. Citizen science. In 2019 alone, there were 375 fossils reported to the park from visitors. They go into detail about this on the Badlands website, but there was actually a young girl named Kylie who found that like cat-like uh, fossil, mm-hmm. and that was sort of the impetus to be like, okay, it's very possible that visitors will find fossils. Sure. Um, it's wild and, that it took in t- that long for them to realize them to that. do something about it. They yeah. also may not have had the money the or the resources sure, 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 or funding sure. to be able to actually support mm-hmm. that. And so part of the reason they have instituted this one, it allows for like live paleontology work to happen yeah. in front of visitors eyes. So they can see sort of just like scientists directly engaging with fossils, mm-hmm. which is it was honestly very, very the coolest cool. thing yeah. ever. And also it allows, it basically trains people and visitors to be citizen scientists when out in Badlands National Park mm-hmm. and sort of helps you be responsible for the things that are there and the things that are around there so that you can also be stewards of the area, which is what we're always called to do anytime we're in national park yeah. space. Okay, so let's talk about what the fossil lab looked like. It's a big open room, essentially. Yeah, and there were a bunch of glass cases mm-hmm. with like things meticulously labeled. Mm-hmm. And so it, 
you could see all these different kinds of fossils. Mm-hmm. And there's not like a moment of like, oh, look at this entire dinosaur that's been put together. No, no, that's no, no. not happening. Here. No. But there is like... There's like workstations, essentially. There are fossils organized by different kinds of animals so that you can like associate the different animals together and the parts of them. Yes. But yes, there are also workstations. Yeah. Aside from the cases, there's sort of like a U-bend table situation happening. And there are, I think there were like four or so workstations on this like U-bend table that you could kind of walk around. You could talk to all of the paleontologists that were there or paleontologists-to-be because a lot of these people were interns like in like their summer program from their college like here right. to to do the work and to like really explore what it was like to work with fossils they have um these airtight chambers mm-hmm. that they work with them in mm-hmm. so the fossils sit inside of these airtight chambers that have these sort of gloves built inside mm-hmm. of them and so you put your hands in the gloves and then you can maneuver and operate the the tools to kind of clean the fossil and exactly. so to try to chip away anything that was like hindering the visibility of that fossil. Exactly. So we were watching them do that because not only can you like see it, but they also have a camera like uh, feed happening from inside of the chamber yeah. that has a close up on yes, the fossil. Which was really cool. Too. That's feeding to a TV monitor. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple TV monitors throughout. So you can like look and watch the work happening up close. Mm-hmm. And hey, Ladies in science here. Oh, this yeah. was all completely women, women in which was awesome. Also, like just like get out there and like get it because a the operation was just incredibly impressive to see, and that it was just in accessibility for everyone that wanted to see it was really really wonderful it is sort of like tucked away in the visitor center and i feel like it probably was once a conference room that they were like yeah or like a lecture space that they turned over so you have to kind of like maneuver to the back of the visitor center like if you were to come in you have to go all the way back to the right right. and it's down the hall sort of like near the bathrooms and the water fill station but it is something that's great like we engaged and were able to talk to each of these paleontologists and paleontologist interns they were so gracious with their time and information that they shared they talked a lot about just discovering fossils and what that was like in the park if you should discover a fossil. We talk about this in our episode about the fossils of the Badlands. And there was information here on the wall. I believe there was like a photo documentation of like people who found fossils. Every year they have like a a different like a thing on the wall where they have all the photos of the fossils that have been found that people have found and uh, recorded through the visitor site reporting. Right. And that's part of what they uh, encourage. Yeah. They're like, we do want people to find them and because we want to know about them and, and this we want to be able to document them. And this is also where we learned that you could sort of like, because we were kind of like shocked <laughs> when we saw people climbing all over like the area of the window and door trail. And they're like, oh no, you can go off trail. Like, yeah, it's okay. Like, it's okay. And like, that's how you sort of find fossils. Like when we were going over to the door trail, there were people like slightly off the trail, like looking for fossils. So it kind of answered a lot of our questions about like people's behavior in the park that we just didn't have any frame of reference for. So I think the education piece in Badlands, specifically here 
not just in the exhibit, but in the fossil lab, really was kind of second to none to like many other visitor centers that we'd seen because there was actual tangible engaging science that was happening as opposed to just an exhibit space or like a ranger-led experience, which there's nothing wrong with a ranger-led experience. They're very informative. But this was actually like watching someone doing their actual job that was related to science and science that was very specific to this park space. Absolutely. The other thing that I thought was so funny is we talked to the paleontologists in there for quite a few minutes. We spent like a good half hour there. Yeah. Yeah. They said, they were like, you have no idea how many times people come in here and they're just so disappointed that none of the fossils are dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like, wow. Like they can't even appreciate the fact like this entire national park is covered in in fossils. They're everywhere. Mm -hmm. There are so many fossils to be found. And I'm sure fossils that will never be found because they're buried so deeply in the earth there. Sure, But they're popping up all the time, literally. It was evocative for me of being in New River Gorge when somebody complained that, well, I really would have liked for the trees to have turned a few sure. more colors by now. Yeah, And I really wish y'all could have made that mm-hmm. happen. Expectations. I just am like... <laughs> I'm amazed at how people treat national park spaces the way they treat theme park spaces. Mm -hmm. Like theme park spaces can make magic happen like Mm -hmm. that. That's the point. People are why. (laughs) People are why. (laughs) But as we said earlier, the reason there are no dinosaurs is because all this was underwater. Mm -hmm. But look at what we can... Which is also fascinating. ...learn Mm -hmm. from this, right? And that's the other thing that I think is really important to remember is that fossils are how we learn about the past. If we remove them from the space where science can access them in order to preserve them and Mm -hmm. understand them, then we lose all all of the learning opportunity that we can from what that fossil offers. So after spending a nice amount of time in the fossil lab and kind of getting a little bit more education into the fossils of the Badlands, we took some time, filled our water bladders, and packed ourselves back up, and we headed out to explore the park road of Badlands National Park. Right, we're playing one house to go. Great. Go for it. Um, crossword puzzles, Sudoku, jumbles. Okay. Um, so we're doing we're doing um games, word games. Games here. is your theme. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh right. And in this game, you get three things and one has to go. Mm-hmm. You have to decide. Okay, so crosswords, jumbles, sudokus, Sudokus. and jumbles. And what do you mean by jumbles? Jumbles are where like it's like here's five letters jumbled and then you have to unjumble it's it. It's not to like create a the word, word search. No, it's not a word search because I know you would immediately get rid of that. So why? Because they're bullshit. <laughs> oh, I have opinions about you have word opinions searches. about word searches. I do. Um, All right. And so then often the word searchers, please don't come for us in the comments. Those are the- like <laughs> express opinions. And then on sometimes. His own. The jumbles also have like circled letters, oh, and then I'm you have to very like, familiar. Well, you with wanted jumbles. me to define it for you. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? I wanted to make sure this wasn't mm-hmm. a sort of like. Um, we had a moment earlier where we were cooking some food, and I said I don't have an available eye, and you were like, "What? Yeah, I've never heard that before. Like an eye of the stove. Yeah, it's a burner. Well, you call it burner, and I mm-hmm. call it an eye. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. Um, Sudoku's can go. 
That's my choice too. Yeah. Sudokus for me are like video games. They're fun for about 15 minutes. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm done. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is fun. And I'll come back to this six months later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of how I am. With yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's a frustration thing. Because for me. crossword puzzles go nowhere. And jumbles, actually, I find to be terribly frustrating sometimes. Mm, they can be. I am not somebody who can look at a group of letters and rearrange them so quickly and elegantly. Bit by bit. Putting, putting it together. together. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sudokus are my choice as well. Ta-ta. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay. And now here is one has to go for you. Great. Candles. Incense essential oils oh that's interesting i mean i love We're candles. going with aromas uh, yeah i love candle well i think burning things <laughs> <laughs> things that burn see that's tricky i really enjoy the ambiance that candles give you that you don't really get from an incense stick or um an essential oil and i feel like i enjoy essential oils a lot but i also am like I think incense was there before essential oils for me. I don't know. That's a tricky, tricky, sticky wicket. Yeah, I know. It's a I, th- I feel like incense gives a very good smell. And that is more of a permeating smell than an essential oil that lasts. Um, I guess I'm getting rid of essential oil. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay. Diffusers. So long. What about you? I think I'm getting rid of incense. Oh, Okay. There you go. Candles will never go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Candles are, as you say, candles more so than those other two. They remind you of your past life as a monk. Exactly. <laughs> They're a whole moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get a lot from a candle mm-hmm. that you don't get from those other two mm-hmm. items, right? But I do feel like um, incense is the only aroma that is like so specific. Like I always know it's incense. Mm. Even if it has a different scent, okay. you know, or you know, like if very, it's coconut, I will know that or it's vanilla. incense. Like if I if a candle has been lit and then or essential oil has been, what's the term? Diffused, diffused, mm-hmm. or if uh, a candle, candle has been lit. I I said that already, right? If a candle know. or an incense <laughs> stick or cone or an essential oil has been diffused, I can. I will always be able to tell, mm. oh, that's incense. Oh, I think we need to do a blindfold test in three different Let's rooms do. with the same scent. Okay, we will. I love this. I will know Great. if Science. it's incense. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I think incense has to go. Okay, well, there you go. There we go. Okay, so we get in the car at the visitor center and then we head on down the Park Loop Road. Mm-hmm. And the first stop that we make on the Park Loop Road is, well, first, I just think it is worth saying the views from this Park Road mm-hmm. are incredible. Yes, it's worth it to drive the road. Ooh. Do not just stop with the hiking. Uh, get on the road. It was so worth it to mm-hmm. do this. I mean, all in all, these this like you know driving around and doing the pull offs circumstance here yeah, in tiring. Badlands. <laughs> yes, it was tiring, but it was not that long. Mm-mm. It did yeah. not. I mean, it was like very brief. Yes, especially as compared to any other park. Yeah. But the first stop that we made was the Fossil Trail. 
So this is a U-shaped boardwalk that is also interpretive. The interpretive signage is super, super informative. So the pull-off for this is on the left-hand side of the road. There's like kind of a parking lot similar to what we experienced at the Window Notch and Door Trail. It's just smaller. And there's some bathrooms here. There is some great signage right when you get onto the trail, but it is a great trail. You kind of wind on this boardwalk that like takes you along and gives you just some interpretive information about the formations you're seeing, the fossil that are there, I believe there was a little bit of geological history that's given as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's great is that this is a perfect example from here where you can see almost all the layers that they're talking mm-hmm. about as far as sedimentary rock goes. And starting at the bottom with pure shale, then mm-hmm. above that is the yellow mounds, then the Shadron formation, then the rule formation, and then at the top are the sharps. So there are a lot of signs along the way, and one of these signs talks about a dog-like creature called a Hesperosian, which lived in this area. It was the size of a large dog and was spotted on its back and looked like a fox. And it really does look like a fox. Like, mm-hmm. it looks like a fox that is actually the size of a dog. It's yeah. like the tail image that they show you looks very similar to a fox's mm-hmm. tail. Another animal's fossils found in this area that you can also learn about from the interpretive signage here is a mesohippus, which is a horse-like creature that had three toes. Now, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite things uh, upon researching... Are three-toed creatures. <laughs> I do love a good three-toed <laughs> creature. Three toes really do it for me. <laughs> I don't know about you, but they really mm-hmm. do it for me. Mm-hmm. Give me three toes and a hint of saloon and I'm on board. <laughs> yep. I love seeing like evolutions of creatures in science. So like I love how like there was a horse-like creature here mm-hmm. that sort of is similar to the horse we're seeing today, but it was like smaller and it had three toes. Right. As it says. Yeah. Similar to that dog creature. Yeah. And like I loved how the sign for the dog-like creature was like this is how it compares this yeah. is how it compared size to humans yeah. size-wise. Yeah. Scale. So, yeah. I love scale. scale. Thank you, scale. There's also alligator fossils that are found in Badlands National Park that were there were signage about here that date to 37 million years ago. Again, this is sort of like probably a little bit more of an interactive part of the road than others. So it's a great stop to just like A, get out of the car and walk around, even though it's very small and short, you still get a lot of added information, even from what we learned in the visitor center. Like, I feel like we gained a lot more information here. Oh, yeah. I felt Mm -hmm. like this was like a continuation of what we got there Mm -hmm. and not a repeat necessarily. Mm -mm. Um, Do listen to our trail mix, Fossils of the Badlands, to find out even more about all of the stuff we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So we do walk around this area. It's great. Um, There were quite a few kids out and about here. And I remember like I was a little bit taken aback because like the kids just were like climbing all over the formations. And that's what they're called in Badlands is formations. Right. And I was like, oh my God, I hope that's okay. And then I remembered right. that yes, it is it fine is. to do that in Badlands. Mm-hmm. It's just um, atypical to what you're used to seeing yeah. in parks that are more of a desert landscape because of those microbial like formations that are there. But here, everything's dead. <laughs> so climb all Everything over is it. dead. Right, yeah. Right, nothing is living. <laughs> no. It is remnants. Yeah. So we finish up at the Fossil Loop Trail and then... <laughs> I'm just looking at your outline that has a bullet that just says, they. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> it feels like a scary movie uh, that yeah. they didn't know what to call it, yeah. so they just called it they. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so after finishing up here, we get back in the car, and we continue to zip along the park road. The next stop is the White River Valley Overlook. Let's talk about the White River Valley Overlook area. Pulling off here, I really loved this view. Now, it's sort of like a maze of canyons. It is. Something that is consistent throughout all of Badlands is the striations mm-hmm. of sedimentary rock layer in mm-hmm. all of the formations and all of the various colors. And they're visible constantly. What I loved about the view here is that it was one of the darker views, mm-hmm. I say, as far as color goes, uh, um, because it was sort of, I would say, a darker brown yeah. than many of the other spots mm-hmm. here. And it had a few more shadows. Yeah. But if you are standing there looking at this sort of maze of darker brown sort of um, formations that rescend into the into the earth and sort of like uh, V-shaped valleys, like there you can see the White River passing through, mm-hmm. like down at the very, very bottom. Yeah. I mean, this is just like another view into vastness. It just feels like, oh, God. And as you would A, get incredibly lost there like if you happen to find yourself in one of these canyons and B, the further away everything got it just got hazier and hazier and it felt like you would just disappear into the nothing it felt like the yeah. nothing had come through from the never ending story and just sucked everything up sucked say everything. my name bastion I don't think the Badlands show up in the never ending story but it feels appropriate that they would oh yeah they should they should mm-hmm. Michael Andy that's right <laughs> get on that After taking some photos at the White River Valley Overlook, we get back into the car and then we continue on. We do um, have a moment where we see yet another car from New New Jersey Jersey. Mm -hmm. here. This was during our summer of 2021 2021 road trip where Mm -hmm. we did 10 parks in five weeks. Badlands was park number six. We were seeing people from New Jersey literally at every single park. Because we're everywhere. Because New Jersey's everywhere. Mm -hmm. It is the most densely populated state. It's true. As far as like per capita, I Mm -hmm. guess, as far as space goes. Mm -hmm. And girl, ain't it? That's true. You drive these roads. Mm -hmm. I do. That's right. Mm -hmm. Not Uh, well. (laughs) There There it it is. is. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, so where did we head to next? The next stop on our tour of the Park Loop Road was Panorama Point. And this is another spot to kind of get out and look out and take some photos and kind of take in the view. To be honest, there's really not a ton of tiny even trails that are a part of the journey here on the Park Loop Road. A lot of these stops are just stops that are overlooks that happen to have a view. And this is one of those points as well. So next up, we drove over to Panorama Point. Yes. Now, what was great about Panorama Point is that it is named, um, I would say accurately, this is a great place to take a panorama picture. Yeah. Because it is formations on all sides, almost 360, not necessarily yeah. 360, but it feels 360 mm-hmm. here. 
this also gives you like incredible views of the striations in the rock. It's like undoubtedly like look at science at work. Um, you can see the different rock layers so clearly here. Walking out to it, there is a little plot that's a I believe it was like a boardwalky walkout for at least a part of it. And then there's a boardwalk platform at the end of the trail, which you can stand on, but you can also get off of and kind of walk in front of. It's not right at the edge. So there's some room to kind of maneuver around it and get even closer to the edge, which I know you loved. Um, There's a sign here that talks about air pollution and just how you know, the views in the distance have become less and less visible over time and how this is just continuing to become a pervasive problem. And this is not unique to Badlands National Park. This is a problem that is a problem in so many of the national parks. One of the things that's very, very visible here is orange, reddish, burnt umber color Mm -hmm. that sort of exists inside of the formations that spreads across consistently across various formations. You can see the exact same layers of sedimentary rock Mm -hmm. show up. What I love and how I would describe it is it's sort of like these peaks of formations have risen up right near where we were standing and they just sort of scallop off into the distance. Yeah. And it's like they don't stop. I mean, they do eventually stop, but it's like they it looks like they just keep going and going. Yeah, it does. It like feels like it goes on forever. And there are tiny islands of formations out in the middle of grassland. Mm-hmm. This was a, like a great spot to kind of just stop for a minute and really take it all in. The previous stop was beautiful at the White River Valley Overlook, but this is really just expansive, like in a way where... White River Valley Overlook felt like it was a maze of canyons that were just very tight. This is much more vast and open, but you can kind of see these striated land masses, these formations kind of on each of your sides here. So it's it's a really great sort of view. And with that, let's take our next break. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Infantilize. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's an a, there's an exclamation point at the end of that last mm-hmm. name, mm-hmm. which is lies. Mm-hmm. The house of lies. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. you what? You live in a house of lies. <laughs> I believe that this was a quote that <laughs> I said to you. Don't infantilize me. Or it was, yes, it was it some was sort of exchange like that. that the two of us had. So, and that's where... And that's where Infantilize comes from. That's right. Infanta is the first name. Mm -hmm. And Lies is the second name. Mm -hmm. So who is Infantilize? I feel like she's Baby Jane. (laughs) Oh, like whatever happened to Baby Jane? She's a Baby Jane queen. (laughs) I love that movie, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Uh I mean, how do you know I'm gay? Mm -hmm. Have you seen that movie before? No, I haven't. I just know like of it. What a gift you have waiting for you. you. Some clips and things. Yeah. Let me just tell you something. Back in my 20s, and I may have mentioned this on the show before, you know that I had a little job singing at a Catholic church on Sundays. Mm Mm-hmm where I sang funerals. Mm -hmm. The music director who hired me was gay. The priest who hired me was gay. And they were just like two old bitty queens who, I am not kidding you, in the middle of masses would sit like in the break room where we would all just hang out between masses Mm -hmm. and watch clips of Betty Davis, but particularly from Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Mm -hmm. They invited me into their queer coven. (laughs) It's true. Certainly. 
via uh, Betty via, Davis. Via lips. Betty Davis eyes. I love any drag queen that is a reference to Betty Davis. Mm-hmm. Anytime, any day of the week. Betty Davis is always an acceptable reference mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Infanta Lies mm-hmm. is uh, Betty Davis as Baby Jane. <laughs> drag reference. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Okay, what song does uh, Infanta Lies lip sync to? On the good ship. <laughs> I think it's a mashup <laughs> of that. And also like, it's my party and I'll mm-hmm. cry if I want mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that very much. <laughs> What's the merch? It's a great question. Maybe it's like rattles, like silver rattles and silver spoons. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. 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 I feel like, like they Tiffany need to rattles. do something else though. <laughs> mm. It's like a rattle that's also mm. something else. I don't know. Yeah. Like maybe inside of it is, is mints or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of helpful something. Sure. Tic Tacs. Tic Tacs. Yeah. Great. Great. I love it. Yeah. I'm here for that. Mm-hmm. So ladies and gentle thems, please welcome to the stage. Infanta lies. We continue on from Panorama Point and continue to make our way out on the park road. The next stop that we took in was Burns Basin. That's right, which means as we do sometimes, as people do often, we don't make every stop on the park road. So we didn't do Prairie Wind Overlook. We went right to Burns Basin. Mm -hmm. Burns Basin actually seemed to have like a little trail that like went out onto some, the tops of some of the formations. Yeah. This feels like a combination between White River Basin and Panorama Point in that you're getting more of the rock formations and striations, but everything is very clumped together here. And it feels like a tight sort of maze of things. This is again, another lovely point to kind of take in, but we are... Slowly realizing at this point, it's about like 2.30, that our um, our wall is coming and it's coming hard for The wall us. is coming. So we know that we want to get to Yellow Mounds, which is one of the stops before the pinnacle section of the park. And um, uh, the park ranger was like, do not miss Yellow Mounds. Mm-hmm. Make sure to see Yellow Mounds. Mm-hmm. And so, so we definitely wanted to go there. Yeah. So we take another glance here and we moved a little closer to Yellow Mounds. As we're in the car, we, you know, had experienced so much wildlife when we were in Theodore Roosevelt National Park, but we didn't have a ton of wildlife situations here except for that bighorn sheep that we saw on the Notch Trail. That's right. But as we look out the car window, we have a herd of bighorn sheep. A herd of Mm -hmm. bighorn sheep crossing the road Mm -hmm. and then making their way over and they were beautiful yeah and yeah and their horns were some of them were really pronounced and some of them looked really new yep but um there were at least what 30 something like that i got a great shot of their butts and i got a little video so this was a nice little oh give us a little energy boost kind of as we headed out towards Yellow Mounds. We did make one more stop. And that was at the Homestead Overlook. What I liked about it was that it had a sort of two color differences here. We got the green of the grasses Mm -hmm. all the way up to the edge. And then beyond it was just all of the sandy colored formations. Yes. Again, that are so 
clear and unique to Bad This Lambs. also kind of gave us a very good relative scale of distance and height. We were up pretty high above everything. All of these stops, like the Park Loop Road, you kind of feel like you're almost on a mesa a little bit. Um, just by looking down to see how high up you are here, kind of above all of this, and all of these sort of formations feel like they're the foothills and cliff edges that are coming off of this mesa. And that's like really apparent here as you're starting to see more and more grassland around you as you are looking into the distance, which we weren't getting initially when we are on the park road. So it's the landscape is continuously changing here, which is always, you know, exciting when visiting a park just to have a park that has that sort of varied landscape. We take uh, a few moments here and kind of take this view in. And again, these park stops on the loop road or on the road are are not terribly lengthy. So it really is a point to just kind of stop and view. There isn't a ton that you're able to do here other than kind of get out and appreciate the surroundings, which is also great. You don't have to be hiking all the time. It's nice to just stop for a minute and smell the roses as it were. That being said, we were ready to kind of make our final stop. And our final stop became the Yellow Mountains Overlook. There are more things to see. The Park Loop Road does sort of continue right onto the Pinnacles entrance, which becomes 240. However, there is the Sage Creek Rim Road that one could drive if they wanted to continue on this. However, we did not do that. We, we let the Yellow Mounds Overlook be our last stop. Now, I'm very happy and very glad that this was our final stop because the reason they said to do this was because it was such a great view of that part of the um, sedimentary sedimentary rock. rock. And it's very visible right there at the Yellow Mounds Overlook. This section of the formations here in this area are extremely yellow, golden oh yellow. And they're just like bursting out of what I'll call the hillsides yeah. of these badlands. Yeah. Considering how, well, it's also very green here. That's the other thing. There's so much like actual verdant green grassland that surrounds these hills. So it's a pop of color that we did not get really anywhere else in Badlands. It's like a complete landscape shift. And you're not really even, except for in the very far distance, seeing those sort of striated landscapes that you were once seeing. This is a spot to truly, truly taken the majesty of just color and nature and how vibrant it can be. I mean, the sky here is funny, like everywhere else felt very hazy where we stopped, but the sky here was just like a perfect blue sky, the green of the grass, and then the like shocking kind of yellow of the hillside. It felt like the yellow brick road come to life. It really did. Yeah. There are also some trails and some pathways that lead through these yellow mounds that are accessible to visitors to walk on. We walked out a little bit on a couple of them and then came back because we mostly were finished with hiking on this day. But we did take a look at the yellow mounds from a whole bunch of different angles. This was a kind of a perfect way to end the trip to Badlands and the experience that we had here. I mean, Badlands is far and away a park that is very accessible to get to and not to get to because it's in the middle of nowhere 
But it is a park that's far and away, a park that's easy enough to do in a single day. And this was our cutoff point from like, I think seven in the morning till 2.30. And we kind of did all the hiking we could and also stopped and saw a lot of different things. We got to experience the exhibition and the visitor center. We got to take in the fossil lab and learn a lot. Like this was a park where, yeah, it was only a day, but there was so much gained both in knowledge and also in beautiful sights. This episode didn't have any trails in it necessarily, except for some small jut-offs from Mm -hmm. some pull-offs. So we're not putting anything on the Karen Stone scale this episode. No. But we're jumping right into um, our Jeopardy-style trivia. So Mike, who would like to start today? Why don't you go first? Okay, great. So... I am making a reference to a very, 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 very early Jeopardy category Oh, that I wrote a long, long time ago. Okay. And one of the answers was, well, the clue was this national park, if it were all about um, tiny lands. trends that came and went in our childhood. What and is Fadlands? <laughs> what is Fadlands? Mm-hmm. Right. So this entire category is called Fadlands National Park. Great. So I'm just going to describe for you the fad and you just have to guess. Great. Are you ready? I am. Okay. So for 100, while these may have represented transformation, these sparkly hair accessories were usually used in a half up, half down do and was often accompanied with roll-on body glitter, and clear, sparkly lip gloss. What is a butterfly clip? That is correct. Mm -hmm. For 200, these were in, specifically in women's fashion, for a while. Luckily, the high-waisted mom jean came back in to save the day, but somehow this pant trend has started to come back even now. What are low-rise jeans? That is correct. Mm -hmm. I know you had many of those. I did. You love a Mm -hmm. Mm low-rise jean. Mm Mm-hmm. For 300, I definitely had one of these shirts, but apparently so did everyone, especially after this independent comedy film blew up and had all of us saying, Tina, eat the food. What is the vote for Pedro shirt? That is correct, <laughs> which is a reference to... Oh my God, it fell out of my head. What is Napoleon Thank Dynamite? You, Napoleon Dynamite. Napoleon Dynamite. I almost said super bad too. I remember I saw that movie with my friend Melissa. Mm-hmm. In South Mississippi, we were the only ones in the movie theater, Mm -hmm. and we thought it was the funniest thing we'd ever Mm -hmm. seen in our lives. Okay, for 400, this women's fashion trend is the perfect example of how to use the word utilize. Instead of using the usual fashion accessory to hold up pants, this other formal neck accessory was utilized to hold up pants. What is uh, like a, a men's tie as a belt? That is correct. Okay. <laughs> but yes, that is how you use the word utilize. Uh-huh. I feel like that was a very big Avril Lavigne like Well, trend. Avril Lavigne did a lot of like actually wearing neckties. Great. And suspenders. And suspenders. She didn't do a lot of like, uh, at least as I re- if I remember, a lot of like belt, like ties as belts. Belt. But she might have. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. And for 500, this trend involves taking this oversized swimming accessory and wearing them on your head, not for function. 
What are goggles on your head? That's right. Okay. Goggles on your head. <laughs> that was the fashion trend fad of the late 90s, early aughts. I feel like it was also snowboarding goggles too, or a visor. Yeah, it was as, something like as that. As per Seth it Green wasn't like, and can hardly wait. Exactly. Yeah. It was rarely like swimming goggles. Right, right, right. Unless they were like the big Mondo swimming goggles. Mm-hmm. Mondo. Um, okay, great. So my Jeopardy is inspired by the Yellow Mounds and the song Yellow by Coldplay. <laughs> oh. So um, look at the sky. Look at the stars. Look how they shine for you and everything you do. And they were all blank. So you will need to fill in the color of yellow, the synonym for the color of yellow that is described. Oh. Okay. Okay. You'll get it. It'll be fine. Will I? Or you is will. this like a? It's not a, hard color. It's like you'll you'll because understand. your color theory nope, is on nope, point nope, girl no nope, nope. okay. you're fine all right all right look at the stars look how they shine for you and everything you do and they were all this color which is also a bird miners would carry into coal mines to warn them of gas leaks what is canary yes and they were all canary for 200 look at the stars look how they shine for you and everything you do and they were all this color which is a citrus fruit which is also used as a garnish in drinks what is lemon that's right for 300 look at the stars look how they shine for you and everything you do and they were all this a chillingly beautiful ensemble number from the musical once which was also reprised as an acapella version what is gold that's right that is the best song on that show so good um for 400 look at the stars look how they shine for you and everything you do and they were all this condiment which is often served on hot dogs and hot pretzels hot dogs (laughs) what is mustard great and for 500 my personal favorite i'm ready look at the stars look how they shine for you and everything you do and they were all this part of a title of a beloved diane lane film where she moves to italy on a whim and buys a villa and discovers what life is really all about what is what is sun be more specific tuscan that's sun that's correct there you go <laughs> <laughs> This has been Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast, and we're here to remind you to hike early and hike often, and that adventure is always out there. And that under the Tuscan sun is always out there. Gaze at the National Parks was hosted and is created by us, Dustin Ballard and Michael Ryan. To see images from this episode, follow our Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks. To contact us, Email us at gazeatthenationalparks at gmail.com. And to find out more about the parks visited on this show, visit our website, gazeatthenationalparks.com. That's gaze, G-A-C-E. All original artwork featured on Instagram, on our website, and in the gaze shop is by me, Michael Ryan. All original music was written and performed by Dave Seaman and Mariella Klinger with Sean Sklios on guitar. Our music producer is Skylar Fortgang. This episode was edited by me, Dustin Ballard. We would also like to acknowledge that while recording this episode, that we are on the traditional and stolen lands of the Lenape people, also known as Middlesex County, New Jersey. 